Good evening. You're listening to the Vacuous Podcast. And this is Suck My Toga. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Vacuous Podcast, where we talk about vacuous things, random stuff, and everything in between. My name's Nao. I'm Kathy. I'm Daniel. I'm Blaze. And I'm Ian. Hi! Hello. Welcome back. Hi. Part two. Spooky Sound two. Suck my tober. Brain hurts. Why? I think it's just called a headache, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Knock it off. Oh my god, I'm better. <laughs> my head hurts because of these fucking headphones. You want to switch? Uh, no, I just don't like hearing myself. Oh. That's all. But it's fine. Welcome back. Episode two of the True Crime. True Crime. True Crime. True Crime. Episode four of Suck By Tober. Well, well technically. <laughs> three and a half. <laughs> okay, so last week for the cryptids, we did record another episode. However, it's gone Forever, as far as I can tell. We had a lot of tef- technical difficulties. I tried to find it, but even in the backup files, it gave me nothing. So It was a rushed one anyways. Facts. We were trying to watch the debate to go play a drinking game to it. So True. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. We just never hit record. We were too excited about the... The debate. 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 Did you hit record? <laughs> I did. I, I swear I did. I swear I did. I don't did. know. <laughs> you did. He, I, I kept I looking did. at the time. It's like, how much time into the debate are we right now? Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm not convinced you did. <laughs> Either way, it doesn't matter because it's gone forever and we just need to let it go. May she rest in peace. Let it go. Maybe a Patreon if we ever find it. Yeah. There we go. Oh, maybe that. The hidden files. Yeah. <gasps> We should carve pumpkins the forgotten on tapes. Patreon. What? Yes. <laughs> we should carve pumpkins for the, the Patreon. Patreon. For sure. I'm down. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Don't do that. Oh. Did you, you say don't, don't do that? <laughs> <laughs> How many of us are there? It's me and one other person, right? Yeah. I don't want to see that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. That's a 50 What do you want to see? I don't know. I'll think about exactly. it. I'll get back to you at the end of the, uh, the pod. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. We're carving pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to? Do you want me to go first? Do you want me to go first? Okay. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Blaze is going first. All right. All right. Have y'all <clears throat> ever heard? No. Of Fritz Harman. 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 No. <laughs> no. Butcher. Fitz Vampire. Wolfman of Hanover. Okay. Go off. Sounds att- I'm I'm intrigued. Sounds attractive. <coughs> With a name like Fritz, mm, I'd do him. Oh. Reminds me of like pretzels. <laughs> Fritz pretzels. I do like pretzels. <laughs> Not Ritz crackers. 
No. No. Just okay. pretzels. <laughs> you know that brand Schneider, right? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. What? Was that just a general question? <laughs> <laughs> no, the brand that commonly makes, like, pretzels and shit? Yeah. It's Schneider. Schneider? Yeah. Yeah, no, we were just asking. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, we're done with pretzels. <laughs> okay, so he was a serial killer. Oh. He murdered at least 24 boys in Hanover. At least 24. Only boys? Yes, only okay. boys. Where is Hanover? Germany. Knew it. <laughs> so his <Called> it. <laughs> signature style was a order of sexual assault, murder, mutilation of the corpses, and then dismembering them on all 24 of his victims. He received both the titles Vampire and Wolfman because his key way to murder all of his victims was biting through their throats. Biting? Biting. That's how he murdered them? Yes. So they were alive. They were alive when he bit through their throats. He would put his hands around their necks and start choking them and then bite down on their Adam's apples all the way through until they suffocated and died. You know, I'm about to throw up. <laughs> what a way to do it. I. It's not called a signature style. I think it's called an M.O. Signature style MO makes it seem for? more fun <laughs> yeah it's definitely an mo <laughs> well he gave it a name but we'll get to that later he gave it a name and not he like reporters gave it a name. okay like during his trial he received the title butcher because he dismembered them before disposing of the bodies did he yes. ever eat any of them no so not a cannibal hmm However, but he the, bit them. There was a rumor that come that came up that he would like take their flesh and meat off of their bones and then eat them or like sell them in meat markets. But during his trial, he said that was not true. Okay. He's like, yeah, I no. killed them, but I didn't sell them. <laughs> but I didn't sell them. <laughs> but I didn't do that. So when. Fritz was a young boy. He was sexually assaulted by one of his teachers. A young boy. (laughs) My father. Sexually assaulted. (laughs) Stop it. Around what time was this? Like, when was he born? Time period. He was born in the 1790s. Oh, okay. So it's old. Yeah, super old. Okay. Like Ian. (laughs) <laughs> like Ian. Hey Ian, do you remember this? Yeah. You lived in the area during the time. No, he's British. That's close. <laughs> so he was sexually assaulted when he was 10 years old by one of his teachers, which I'm assuming developed this like fetish that he had for young boys. And that's why his prey most of the time, or 100% of the time, was young boys. Um, at age 16, he began he began his crime offenses by luring young boys into secluded areas, typically cellars, and then sexually abusing them. He didn't start murdering them or doing anything else yet. He would just sexually assault people. At what age? 16. 
Okay. Okay. He was not tried for the first offense when he was caught sexually assaulting these young boys. Um, But he was placed into a mental institution following his the crimes he committed afterwards of sexually assaulting them. Okay. Uh, At the facility, he was deemed incurably deranged, and then he was sentenced to attend the mental institution indefinitely. I feel like at that time, it's more because it was boy on boy. Yes. Less so because it was... Sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, I do need to clear it up. It wasn't 1790. It was 1890. Okay. Is when he started everything. (laughs) So, September 1897, his mom helped him escape from the mental institution. Yikes. And then led him over the border into Switzerland, where he... Where he lived for around five-ish years. That's on what? Coddling? Like, your mother coddled you as a child? Oh, okay. Coddling. Okay. <laughs> he lived That's in... That's on cuddling. <laughs> <laughs> he lived in Switzerland for about five years working in a shipyard and then moved back to Hanover. The same place it all started. And then a year later, he was engaged to a woman who was pregnant with her... with his child. So he could get it on with women. Yep. He was quite the womanizer. He was, in fact, quite the peopleizer. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then in 1900, he received notification to enroll in Germany's compulsory military service. So he joined the military. Um, He was then immediately discharged from the military because he kept having these... He's been a man. (laughs) (laughs) He kept having these weird medical conditions where he would get dizzy while on his, like, watch shifts, and one of which led him to be in the hospital for around four months. Interesting. Remember that one time that Ethan called out a word (laughs) because he was dizzy? That's that man's right there. He's fucking dying over there. He's more mad about it. <laughs> that does go along with uh, Richard Chase a lot, though. Uh, he would have a lot of dizzy bouts. But Richard Chase was convinced that he had no blood. And okay. that's why he would drain the blood of his victims and drink it. Okay. To recover it. The doctors later on figured out it was epilepsy because of all the spotlights. Ah. That makes sense. So a year after he was discharged, his wife terminated, I'm sorry, his fiance terminated their engagement because he started accusing her of having an affair with a student. Was she a teacher? No. Was he a teacher? No. So just a student in general? Just a student in general, like that age group. Okay. Okay. Um, Due to all of this, he began his general criminal career that didn't involve sexually assaulting people. Um, 
And over the next decade, he committed petty theft and grave robbery. Oh. Yeah, Did was, he find anything good? Treasure. Couldn't tell you. Buried? He was never charged <laughs> for any of these crimes, even though he was caught multiple times. Until a raid was basically served over his place following his ex-fiance's business dealings where they found one stolen, like, good from somebody's house and then immediately started finding, like, a bunch of other stolen items. (laughs) Just corpses. I don't think grave robbing was a crime at that time. Like, a big crime. I feel like it is. Well, now. I feel like it would have been. I don't think it was. Because that was around the time that H.H. Holmes was also operating. And he was stealing corpses from graves to sell to, like, universities. Okay. I still feel like that's a crime. It wasn't. Maybe it was just wrong. I think it was, like, misdemeanor. Maybe that most. The cops are like, no, no. Granted, he wasn't charged for the grave robbing. Right. He was charged for the uh, robbing people's houses. Okay. That sounds great. And he was sentenced to five years in prison. Well, during his second year in prison, World War I started. So due to a lack of workforce, because everybody was drafted into the military, Germany basically released all of their non-violent prisoners to go back into society and be the workforce. But due to Germany's poverty quickly after World War I, um, he went back to committing crimes. Um, he, he would go <laughs> into like, the... the real, you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's doing what he knows best. It's the thug life. <laughs> He basically lived in it the... chose him. <laughs> <laughs> he lived in the train station in Hanover, basically running, like, um, a black market-style thing where he would buy stolen goods that people came in to from World War One, and then reselling them to other people, as well as running, like, an illegal meat industry, which is where people eventually got the idea that he was selling them on there. Cannibal. Okay. Illegal meat, like... Like horse meat okay. and not up to uh, food standard. I mean, Ikea did that not too long ago. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, but to misdirect the police from his current crimes, he started becoming an informant to him. So everyone who would sell stuff to him, anybody who would try to buy stuff from him, he would rat them out to the police. He is the original 6 9 Fritz. <laughs> Never mind. That's better. <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but I can't now. Um, and even his own assistants, he would eventually rat them out to. Wait, did you write that down in your notes? That he no. was the original? No. Oh. Nice, dude. Improv. <laughs> you taking improv classes? Uh, it's a pandemic, Daniel. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, eventually he was used in numerous sting operations by the police as basically the buyer of stolen goods and then the police would come in and be like everybody get your hands up 
FBI open up. Yeah, basically. Okay. Um, Fritz sounds like a bitch. Yeah. Total bitch. Overall rating, bitch. <laughs> He'd get his wig split. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eventually, this wasn't enough for him, so he started murdering people. You know, as you do. Yeah, you don't narc enough, so... Chop, chop, you know? Killing people. Using this access to the police, uh, Fritz used the pretense of arrest to lure numerous young boys between the ages of 10 to 20 back to one of three houses that he now owned from working with the police and running the black market. Um, At one of the three locations, he would give them food and water, basically. Um, so basically he would tell them that they were under arrest and that they, this was their prison cell in whatever room he was giving them. It was like a citizen's arrest until the actual police came. So he would give them food and water and then he would murder them. Interesting. And no one followed up to see like where they were. It was mostly like refugees in the, uh, in the train place. Okay. Lost the word? No. Train station. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The train place. (laughs) Um, So he would catch them doing like illegal activities like trying to sell old clothing or stolen goods so that way they can, you know, keep living. Mm -hmm. Um, And he would place them under citizen's arrest, take them back to his place, and then kill them. Um, He referred to this method, this technique, his signature move, as the love bite. <laughs> Signature move. I I feel like that's like, you know, when you're like at a roller that's disco. My, <laughs> well, even though it's like my signature move is. Right, right, like, right. Yeah, the yawning. Yeah. Grab or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a signature move. Signature move of putting my hands around their throat and then biting the Adam's apple. All right. What's I, the one sound? It's like, um... Finish it. I love it when serial killers have a thing. What? <laughs> no, that's, that's it. I love when serial killers have a thing. Like, the one thing they do. I've never heard that. It's on TikTok. Yes. Yeah. Nope. Do, do you know what I'm referring to? I love when serial killers okay. kill. That's so cool. He originally buried his first victim's body parts um, all throughout one of his estates, but decided that was too much work. So he started dismembering them and then dumping them into the Lean River. Lean River? Mm-hmm. Lean bit. A river flowing with lean? Including river. <laughs> Um, so he was eventually found out because one of the people that he placed under citizen's arrest was with his family. And then the family followed him back to the manor that he lived in at the time and basically stopped him from trying to kill him. Um, Fritz was arrested and a trial was held. Over 190 witnesses came forward and testified against him. He denied three of 27 murders that he was tried for. Only three of them. He admitted guilt to all 24 others. 
um, and the three that he denied, he was actually acquitted for. They could not prove that it was him. I mean, he was a man of his word. He's like, nah, I didn't do that. Yeah. But I did all the rest of them. Exactly. And not that <laughs> He eventually accepted his trial and was sentenced to death via beheading. Oh, and badass. <laughs> on his way to the beheading block, his exact quote was, I will go to the decapitating block joyfully and happily. Do you think it's because they were going to cut, like, at his Adam's apple? And he's Yo, like, oh, absolutely. It, it was like a final moment of, like, fuck yeah. This is exactly what I've been doing, and now y'all are doing it to me. So he had a boner. Oh, oh he had a raging hard on for it. Is that factual? What's that? No, I don't. <laughs> what it seems. It sounds like it's a... Process kill? So probably, yeah. He had an erection. Whenever. (laughs) They should have made a second smaller guillotine for his erection. (laughs) Little pee-pee. Gotten that one out of the way first, and then... (laughs) First the tiny head. (laughs) Now the big head. (laughs) Upon discovery of... uh, Fritz's sentencing, Fritz's main accomplice broke down in tears. At he had an the accomplice? Trial. He had one accomplice who was like a police insider, which is how he got the uh, ins with the police to start giving them info and stuff like that. Interesting. But he, the right hand man, was not charged with anything whatsoever at all. Did he know all that shit was going on? Yep. Oh. 100% knew about it. Was not charged. Weird. And that's all I have on Fritz. Wow. That's that a very a interesting one. case. I like that one. That, I genuinely enjoyed that one. I feel like I want to do my own research on that. They have he pictures. He can do better. I can do better. <laughs> Um, they have pictures of him, um, like, in trial and all of that on his Wikipedia page. I feel like he looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm, I wouldn't say that. I'm thinking Albert Einstein. Nope. Neither. Interesting. (laughs) He looks like every man around that era. (laughs) He looks like uh, Gatsby. Yep, and like Edgar Allan Poe. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh, Blaze, uh-huh. what what year Ooh. was he executed? Um, let me pull it up. Let me look up the Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say nineteen twenty three. Nineteen twenty three. Nineteen twenty five. I missed the time to be a German. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I mean, all of this was Right? What was it? Say that again? I was just saying, he's not the worst German ever. No, absolutely not. I mean, he's pretty bad. (laughs) He only killed 24. He plays top five, maybe. No, okay. Uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, cool. Bad guy. Yeah. yeah awful. Overall rating? <laughs> no. Bad. Good story. Okay. Yeah. I've never heard that one. I, I like that. It. Really? Yeah. That's wow. crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> no, he just knows so much about oh. that kind of stuff. The spooky yuki stuff. Spooky Look, this is the lean river. It's not purple. Oh, oh damn. That's a shame. <laughs> I wish it was. Ooh, I'm going to take my headphones off. Next? I'm going to take my headphones off because I won't be able to fucking read. Okay. I, That's fair. But So I'm doing my story on the Black Dahlia. Very famous murder just because how she was murdered. Where so, we're from. What? It's where we're from. Yeah, we, it is where we're from. So on January 15th, 1947, a mother taking her daughter um, on a walk. I think they were getting going to get their shoes repaired. Um, discovered the body of a young naked woman sliced uh, very clean in half at the waist. Uh, the body was discovered on the block of 3800 South Nord- South Norton Avenue in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Uh, first, they believed the body to be a mannequin because it was drained of all its blood and washed. The body was washed. washed. It was clean? Mm-hmm. Washed. Washed. There was no uh, blood drops or anything at the crime scene, so obviously, you know, it was done elsewhere, drained of right. blood, and then dropped there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cut on her waist was done with, like, surgical precision there was no damage to any internal organs or bones or anything like that and then her face was cut from her the corners of her mouth up to her ears um yeah pretty gruesome serious (laughs) (laughs) yeah she was that's where they got it from if you didn't know fun fact actually really sad fact (laughs) i can't swim (laughs) um so, she was only, I think, 22 at the time. She was really young. Uh, but eight days after her body was discovered, which this made national news because of the way that she was discovered. Right. Um, eight days after she was discovered, a letter was sent to the Los Angeles Examiner um, claiming the letter being from the guy who was the killer. Um, he basically you talk to that and he's like listen i don't like the way y'all are covering the story um <laughs> let, let me show you how you can change it up real quick <laughs> he sounds like a bitch he most definitely is we don't know who he is but he most definitely is um so the letter it was like written in magazine cutouts you know the super famous yeah. the perfect murder mm-hmm. yeah um but he was like, let me prove to you that I'm the killer and let me show you how to do this better. Oh. So he sent a box of Elizabeth Short's belongings, Elizabeth Short being the Black Dahlia. Right. Um, it had her birth certificate, business cards, social security cards, photograph, and an address book with some pages re- missing. Um, and on the address book, it said, on the front of it, it said Mark Hansen on the cover. Spooky Yugi Yugi, wonder without a name. Like Hansen versus <laughs> Predator? <laughs> That's Chris Hansen. Oh, shit. Let me just pull like out Hansen my script. Like Hansen the band? Mm-hmm. Let me just pull out some, my script. Um, so, on the same day that the 
package was sent to the Los Angeles Examiner in a trash can a few miles away from the crime scene. They found a handbag and a shoe. Uh, and one then shoe. one shoe, um, and then they were identified as Elizabeth Shorts by a man named Robert Manley, who is one of the suspects, one of like sixty fucking suspects. Jeez, yeah, that's um, only a few, yes. just a little bit, and I'm gonna be talking about each and every one of them. Oh, right. <laughs> um, thank you. So uh, Robert Manley was in a relationship. The relationship started a month before Elizabeth Short was murdered. Um, Not after? No, oh, no. It only continued a few days after. Um, just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> that was a bad joke. <laughs> um, Good one. I get it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they met in San Francisco, San Fran, Bay Area. Uh, and then uh, it's very, it's a very boring fucking... Um, story. They just met. They went on dates. He... <laughs> All of these old stories make it seem like L.A. and San Fran are right next to each other. They're not. Yeah, they are. They're not. They're so far. They're so far. far. Very. Too, it's like a full, like, eight-hour drive. Oh, it's an eight-far. Okay. Eight-far. Yeah. <laughs> um, How far is Germany from that? A couple of minutes, at least. Nine. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe ten. So, where Elizabeth Shore was staying in San Diego, um, or San Diego. Oh, I said San Francisco. Aw. Oh, fuck Uh, it. Yeah, you done fucked it up. (laughs) San Diego. Correction. Um, so where she was staying in San Diego... Uh, her place fell through and she had to go to Los Angeles where she was dropped off at the Biltmore Hotel which is very infamously haunted by her and a couple of other ghosts. Ah. Is that an American Horror Story Hotel they were talking about the Cecil. Hotel Cecil which is now Stay on Main. Is that all the same one? No, I think Hotel Cecil is a different hotel. Ah, Yeah. But Robert Manley was the last person to see her alive, um, and he claims his innocence, obviously. But the funny thing about Robert Manley is that they gave him uh, a truth serum. Truth serum is sodium pentothal. Does that shit work? I don't think so. I'm going to be honest with you. Don't think so. I think in some cases it worked. I don't think they so. They use sodium pentothal, pentothal on a lot of serial killers, and they used it to find bodies oh. of <clears throat> that certain serial killers had left, and they went to those places and found bodies. But I don't think it works across the board. Or is it, they say, this is a truth serum, and you're going to tell us the truth, and it's really just a placebo. <laughs> it's a placebo. It's a placebo. He also took two polygraph tests, which came back that he was innocent, but... Those aren't reliable. Those aren't reliable. But whatever. Yeah, I can pass those. <laughs> uh, the other most famous suspect is George Hodel. What? So... Mm-hmm. Sodium pentothal. pentothal also goes by the normal name of sodium theopentol. Um, it is used for anesthesia, which is why it could be used as a truth serum. Basically, get them 
drugged up. Drugged up, and then they'll confess. But it's also used um, for euthanasia and lethal injection. So it's like, oh. tell us or you're going to die. I don't think they use it like that. I think it's... I can't read that. <laughs> I can't fucking I can't read. read. Dude, doing the research on this was so fucking hard. I was watching a BuzzFeed Unsolved video, and I had to speed it up to <laughs> double the amount of time because I couldn't fucking focus. <laughs> so why'd you choose to talk about ADHD? Leave it alone. <laughs> also, if you speed it up, wouldn't that just make it harder to focus? ADHD, no. leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> because it was so slow that I would just... Anyway, so George Hodel was a doctor, which is one of the main reasons people think that it was him because of the surgical slice. Um, precision. Was, yeah, precision. Um, but the it's not funny. <laughs> no. It's, I think it's Thank funny. <laughs> but the main person who's like, um, what happened? Where'd he go? I don't know. Fucking no. I mean, you're still in the application. You're going to have to edit a lot this episode. I know. Episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uninstall Zoom. <laughs> oh, I thought you were... Oh. Stop really quick. Go. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot where I left off. So, I was saying, it's not funny, but it is funny to me that no one is more convinced that George Hodel is the killer than his own son. Oh. Steve Hodel, which he uh, took on the case after he retired from the LAPD where he was a detective. So, he knows what he's talking about. Mm. Um, So, after George Hodel's death... Uh, Steve found two pictures of a woman um, in, I guess, George Hodel's room or, like, his drawer or something. Um, And then he believes it to be the Black Dahlia. I saw the pictures, and I'm not entirely convinced, but, you know, it was old pictures. You can't really tell. Um, Not HD, not 4K. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not color. Uh, So, like I mentioned before, (laughs) the George Hodel would have had the surgical experience for the precision cut on the Black Dahlia. Um, the, so Steve also said, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> Steve also thinks that George is responsible for another murder that took place. Her name was Jean French and it occurred three weeks after the Black Dahlia's body was discovered. So French's body was discovered almost exactly like the Black Dahlia's with blunt force trauma to the head. Um, and then she was left in an empty lot pose like the Black Dahlia as well. And on the on Jean French's body was written BD in red lipstick. Black Dahlia. Black Dahlia. Exactly. Okay. <clears throat> um, or... That was the dumbest joke. I'm not going to make it. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Don't right. do it. Oh, you're right. Um, what, what was it? I was going to say back lalia. <laughs> not the same. <laughs> so. What's the difference? 
The body was found exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Not surgically cut. It was posed the same. Her body was still intact. I guess you could say. killer. Yeah. And it was either believed to be George Hodel or a copycat killer. And that's the father of the detective mm-hmm. that you were talking yes, about? Yes, Dr. George Hodel. Hodel. Uh, people have people... There was claims that George Hodel and the Black Valley Elizabeth Short were seen together, but there's no solid evidence that they were together. Or, you know, there's no, like, pictures or anything like that. Um, but after... Where did I leave off? Okay, so Steve Hodel went to a forensic handwriting analysis and got the notes that the Black Dahlia's murder originally sent to the Los Angeles Examiner and um, the handwriting on Jean French's body, the BD, matched up with George Hodel's handwriting. Um, but it's just a forensic handwriting analysis. There's nothing solid, really solid right. about it. It's like, yeah, that looks the same. Yeah. There's a word for that. I can't remember what it was. Similar? Speculation. It's almost like speculation. Spectacular. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyways, moving on. Unfortunately, there would be a conflict of interest with Steve Hodel accusing George Hodel because apparently George Hodel was a huge piece of shit. Oh. um, Go figure. In the 1940s? Yeah. He was rich. He threw... Huge parties in their mansions in L.A. He's kind of cute. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Go ahead. He was a horrible human being. He uh, allegedly, Tamar Hodel, George's daughter, made some claims that she had posed for nude photos at the age of 11 for a man named Man Ray, which was an <laughs> odd <Thank> name. <laughs> no. He's an artist, so That's he could have made Man a name. Ray. Man Ray. Man Ray is from SpongeBob. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Do you think that's where you got it? Problematic. Yeah. Yes. But Man Ray was an artist that George Hodel was obsessed with, and apparently he had his daughter post for nude photos. Um, in 1949, Tamar ran away and reported her father to the police, claiming that her father tried to teach her about oral sex at the age of 11 and that he had offered her to his friends for sex at the age of 14 and that uh, George himself had sex with her at the age of 14. Disgusting. Yes, it's... I couldn't get through the rest of the video after that. I was like, okay, I'm drained. Um, And that time, it does not surprise me. No. That that happened, and it wouldn't surprise me that somebody who did that would also be responsible for one of the murders. Who was the you said murders. Murders. Gene French. Gene French. Or Elizabeth Short. Gene French, much less Elizabeth Short. It wouldn't surprise me if he yeah. was responsible for both. Um, there are some conspiracy theories that it was. Uh, police cover-up type thing that George Hodel actually did kill them, but George Hodel knew some information on the police handling, you know, like sex workers and that kind of stuff. Um, So the police covered it up for him. There are some tapes that did go missing um, at that time, like 
evidence yeah that goes missing so there's a conspiracy theory that um the police covered it up for him because george had some insider information on them um so what's really fucked up is that at the age of 15 tamar gave birth to a baby girl uh and then there's a theory that the father of tamar's baby was george um icky right yeah i feel like because this was in where was this la la Mm -hmm. i feel like an la doctor in that time would do that kind of shit Mm -hmm. because if you come from money or if you have money in la at this time you can just get away with well i mean even present day there's celebrities and hi political people (laughs) anyways uh, so some people believe that the baby was george's baby uh that baby was giving up for adoption and then when she looked into into her like lineage she found out that george Waddle was her grandfather and then all the fucked up shit and then they came out with a tv show about it anyway they came out with a tv show Mm -hmm. i think chris pine was in it (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I am the knight. Yeah. <laughs> I am the knight. Came out in 2019 on TNT. You said Chris Pine. Uh-huh. And I thought it was that show Chris Lee Knows Best. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> no, wait, hold up. What? <laughs> um, so, eventually... He was acquitted because other family or because he got money. That and other family family members said that Tamar was lying about the whole thing, um, because he had money. You know. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So eventually, George fled to the Philippines in 1950, and in 1967, a woman was murdered in Manila, uh, Manila and she was found and cut like the Black Dahlia. But why would he flee? That's crazy. So, that's crazy. To me, that's crazy. <laughs> In Steve Hodel's book, he doesn't just accuse him of doing the Black Dahlia mo- uh, murders. He also oh, yeah. acu- er, accuses him of being the lipstick murderer. Gene French. The jigsaw murderer. And the Sorry. Zodiac killer. Okay. okay. And that discredits his. Uh, I feel like that's accusations. all a bit of a stretch. Yeah. For the, it to be all of it. Yeah, no, no. That's a bit of a stretch. That's the exact thing. The same book where he accuses his father of being the Black Dahlia murder. He also accuses him of being all of these others. Yeah, which is where the conflict of interest comes in because oh, okay. he was a shitty father. Yeah, yeah. So he could just be trying to, like, ruin his name or, you know, okay, yeah. get back at him for being such a shitty person. I feel um, like, if anything, it's the Black Dahlia, but as far as, like, the Zodiac goes, time and place is wrong. Bit of a stretch, yeah. And it was Ted Cruz. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Cruz um, ate my son. So, yeah, he escaped to the Philippines, or moved to the Philippines. Ah, yes. Moved to the Philippines. <laughs> uh, and then 1967, 17 years after he moved there, a woman was murdered with the same M.O., um, and yeah, he never got arrested for any of it, and he died. How did yeah. he die? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. 
Sorry. Probably just old age. <laughs> Probably unjustified. He, he was ninety-one. Okay. When yeah. he died. Son of a bitch. And he lived a long life. Oh, fuck you. Um. So yeah, he was a pretty shitty person. There's other conspiracies, other suspects. He's the most compelling to me personally. Um. But you know, he's also the most interesting one. The other ones were like. I feel like I have. <laughs> A little bit of bias because I've seen American Horror Story and it was (laughs) the doctor Uh and it was all that shit that kind of like made sense because it was like a whole like abortion thing and like there was so much shame that came with abortion. But I think that's just why American Horror Story did it the way they did it. But it was, it just makes sense that a doctor would do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but there's there was another doctor involved or in another doctor suspect. They interviewed over I think like two hundred people. Damn, Jesus! It was a lot. It was a lot. There's a lot of different conspiracy theories, but no one knows what happened. So mystery with the black Dahlia too. Like they bugged um, George's house immediately after um, LAPD did, and one of the tapes recorded uh, during that bugging was, I'm going to quote it here. Supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia. They can't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. They thought there was something fishy. Anyway, now they may have figured it out. Killed her. Maybe I did kill my secretary. Yeah. That gives me OJ Simpson's if I did it vibe. He did it. Like, that's the name of OJ's book, If I Did It. Like, if that's I the same thing. Possibly. But I mean, yeah. that's one line, and it was. That man's is guilty. Yeah. It was bugged from February 15th to March 22nd, so granted, only a month. But if you're being constantly investigated by the police, yeah. eventually you're going to be like, so what if I did it? What Let's if I did it? Prove it. Who thinks. That it was George Hoddle. Raise your hand. Wait, you don't think Me. so? I, I haven't read enough about any of the other oh, suspects. So Lisa's the only one. <laughs> Stupid. Take that, egos. So, another fact about the Black Dahlia case is that her the slices from the corner of her mouth to her ears were done before she was dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shit. I didn't know that before today. Interesting. It is. It is rough. And she died of blunt force trauma. How do you tell that? I guess, like, tissue scarring, maybe? Or, like... I think it would be, like, tissue scarring. um, Like, the amount of blood or something? The amount of blood. Especially if she was drained of her blood beforehand. You know what I'm saying, something. But then she was also washed. What are you saying, Ian? Yeah, well, before Blaze just said that she was washed, I would guess it had something to do with the the blood. I'm sure if you cut a dead body, it doesn't bleed as much as a live body does. But right. yeah, if they were yeah, completely washed, then I don't know how you would tell. Well, because like if you cut it and it like scars a little, right? I get the scarring, like, but like the bleeding draining. thing. Yeah, the blood was strained after she was hit in the head. So she was bleeding from her scars, hitting the head, drain of blood. So you would see, like, oh, I guess. Because well, she guess was washed. Yeah. Did the body heal after it was dead? 
The I don't think the body would heal after it's dead. So if she was dead and the scarring is what makes the, the most sense. The, the yeah. cuts and there was no sort of like uh, cell recovery or anything. Yeah. They would see that it happened posthumously. The only point I'm trying to make is that it wouldn't be just based on blood. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that's that. On I thought that. we all agreed on that. Uh, after I watched the video on this which I watched the BuzzFeed video on it I had to take a break because I was like this is too fucking much I don't like true crime I love true crime that's my favorite one to talk about I don't either makes me sad especially when it's like about young people yeah the young ones like all like Albert Fish and all the people who killed like minors, like those are the most like last podcast terms, gold star episodes. Those are the hardest to listen to. Yeah. I, to me, the other ones aren't so hard to listen to because they're, they're more fascinating. But when it's a minor, like it just... It makes me sad. It makes me sad, and it's more like... It makes me legitimately cringe at the thought of all of that happening. Well, it's also just kind of, like, infuriating. Yeah. Especially the unsolved ones. Mm -hmm. So, Ian, what do you have for us? Are we ready for me? Yes. Cool. All right. So, for us, I've got a combination of two that might actually be tied together. Um, so it's going to be the Velisca Axe Murders of 1912 and then combined with the Mulatto Murders of 1911 and 1912. Mm. So we'll start with the Velisca Axe Murders. So this is one that um, I'm not familiar with this podcast, but I definitely heard Daniel talk about it and just gave it a name drop as well. Last podcast on the left is covered, and I'm going to guess is a gold star review because it did involve multiple people under the age of 12 as well. Whoa. Yeah, so the gold star is more so about how disturbing it is, and if you can sit through like that portion of the episode, you've earned a gold star, quote-unquote. Have you listened to this episode about the Bliska Axe murders? I have not. Okay. I haven't even know what episode. Like, I might, this might be the one that actually gets me to listen to an episode of that and see if I like it. So uh, I saw it on an ID episode. Yes. So it's been covered a lot. And I think there's actually some kind of like good current event ties in we can do with these two. Um, so we'll start with the Velisca Axe murder because that one is actually like, it's been featured quite a bit. Uh, so it all kind of started, started on potentially June 9th of 1912. Uh, Velisca is in Iowa, and there was a family, the Moore family, that consisted of husband, wife, and four kids, two sons and two daughters. And they also had two other friends stay the night, June 9th into June 10th. Um, I've got their names here somewhere, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Uh, anyways, to show also how times are different, so I got a little blurb here to read from you for the Wikipedia page, which is great, great potting right there. Um, but basically, on June 10th, 
7 a.m., one of their neighbors started to expect something suspicious because the family hadn't come out for their chores. So you got to think like uh, how, how often you are not out and about in your house at 7 a.m. <laughs> so they started investigating, knocking on the doors, uh, seeing if anyone would come. Nobody came. Uh, so got somebody else to come and unlock the door with the key that they had. And this is what they were able to find when they came into the house. Um, basically what was discovered, what the autopsy results or what the doctors were able to kind of figure out was the murders took place between somewhere between midnight and 5 a.m. Um, they discovered a couple cigarettes up in the attic space, which kind of suggested that the killer was waiting up there for the family to fall asleep. It was me. Uh, <laughs> to, uh, they think the first murders happened in the parent bedroom. So the father was attacked with the axe end of an axe. Um, and then all the other people that were murdered were murdered with the blunt end of the axe uh-huh. and basically just bludgeoned to death. Um, so it seems that they went, they killed the parents first, then went to the more children and bludgeoned them to death, went back to the parents' room, I guess did a little bit more bludgeoning and axing there, and then went downstairs to where the sleepover was happening and killed the two kids that were staying downstairs or in some different room. Um, It looks like all the people that were killed in this house basically were killed in their sleep, except for one of the kids that was on a sleepover, had some defensive wounds. And she also had like her nightgown that was pushed up and her undergarments that were gone that kind of suggested to the um, authorities that either there was some molestation or some sexual assault that happened. So this was a case that, um, you know, there was several people that were subjects of interest here. So kind of said like, you know, every vagrant that was in the area, any passerby was um, accused of it. The only person that released a child was a reverend um, that was actually tried twice. Um, And this person like, I think one was a hung jury and the other one was he was actually kind of acquitted, even though he had a confession. But I guess as they dug into the confession, uh, you know, it was kind of deemed not worthy of it. Uh, there was a state senator um, that apparently the patriarch or the Moore family had taken business away from. So they suspected that he might have been involved either directly or through a potential assassin that he had hired. But ultimately, this case is gone pretty much unsolved. Nobody was ever convicted, and there's nobody that uh, was ever really, like, strictly tied to it. So, enter Bill James. Bill James is a baseball statistician. He is actually kind of known oh, for the way that baseball has changed here he in stats. the past decade or so. He's the he's the brains mm. behind Moneyball. So if you've seen Moneyball, mm. you've read Moneyball, just the way the sports change about like, like big analytics. And you kind of think, well, what does this have to do with axe murders? Well, I guess he has a passion for looking at, <laughs> uh, you know, patterns. He has a pattern like for looking for what are similarities? So he started to dive into um, murders from the past. Um, and specifically, 
these axe murders. And what he had found was between the years of 1898 and 1912, there was an average of eight families, full complete families that were murdered a year. Axe murdered Damn. a year. Wow. Um, totaling to about like 100 people or so. Someone and just discovered axes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, like, one of the things they did mention was, like, you know, we as we kind of stumble upon all these murders of axes, um, to be that seems like a pretty specific instrument to use back. But right. in, back in 1912, every house had an axe. You would yeah. chop your firewood. So mm-hmm. it was a pretty common. It'd be as common as, like, basically the kitchen knife is today for uh, these type of murders. But what he was looking for was murders that had similarities. And he found, like, a whole slew of them. So what he kind of was looking for specifically was the whole family being slaughtered by an axe that the blunt end was used instead of the axe end that these families all had barns in basically so that the killer could hide in them, that the families had no dog to alert the family of danger. Um, The axe is always left behind in clear sight like not hidden just left in one of the rooms like just so there was no question when daniel was talking about so it was never um, there was it somebody was talking about the The household killer thing like that was this person's thing um they covered the victim's sheet before (laughs) they were killed like probably to stop the splatter of blood and then they stacked the bodies and they covered the windows to hide other people seeing what they were doing. Yeah. The other thing, the main thing that tied all these potential murders together is all these murders occurred within a hundreds of yards of a, uh, not a train place. A <laughs> <laughs> house for trains. Thomas needs to sleep. To the uh, mulatto murders of 1911 and 1912. So these all happened in the Louisiana and Texas area, all along the train tracks, all within a hundred yards of the train junction. And these murders all targeted um, mulatto families, the families that were mixed white and black in some way. Uh In total, 46 people were killed in that two year strain. Um, and all had the exact same characteristics. The entire family was killed. They had a hiding place. Didn't have a dog. The weapon was used or left in plain sight. And they were all killed with the blunt end of the axe. But it was very obviously targeted between the black and the white uh, mixture of it. Um, there was a gap between April and August in 1911 and 1912. So the murders of the... Villisca actually fall in that because those happen in June. That way that person potentially had enough time to travel, travel up go on vacation murders and go back. Um, that does so happen yeah, basically though. like what the Bill James was able to uh, kind of construct was that uh, this, this man, this Paul Muller of German descent um that he was able to basically confirm in his theory that he killed 14 families resulting in the death of 49 victims but could have killed as many as 25 
which would have been about 94 victims in that span. There's even like a murder in Germany that happened a decade later, very similarly done, that this person could be tied to as well. Um, and he, Bill James wrote a book, I think with his daughter in the past couple of years called the man from the train that really kind of documents a lot of this stuff. Like I haven't, I haven't read it yet, uh, but definitely kind of really into it. Or it's free on audible right now. What's that? It's free on audible right now. There you go. Um, yeah. So those are the Vasilla ax murders. So I think one of the interesting things, maybe like the tie in, um, with, uh, kind of maybe some current events would be that, you know, I think like the Villisca murders are maybe not well known, but they're at least documented. They've been on last podcast on the last. I know there's another podcast. Ghost Adventures. This is why we drink. There's the, yeah, why I don't like whatever is the ID <laughs> one on it. And we know about those. The Mulatto murders doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, right? I you can't know, find so anything about it. Yeah. So there's, um, there is, hold on one second. Wait, hang on. <laughs> Naya just brought up a brilliant question. How do you know about the Mulatto murders? Were you involved in any sort of way? <laughs> no, remember he was in England in 1912. So if you Google or you can find a, a Wikipedia on a Clementine Barnabet, and that name Clementine. is A-R-N-A-B-E-T. So she is, <laughs> she is tied to the mulatto murders. However, when you dig a lot more into the mulatto murders, like there is a time where she is arrested, she is held in captivity, and the murders kept happening. Mm. Um, and there was a, I found a quote from the Bible. So there's a lot of this that might be tied to religion. So Matthew 3.10 says, and now the axe is laid unto the roots of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And I think that quote was left at one of the murders. Very Pulp Fiction-esque. Very. And that's so is it, do you think it's possible that the axe man of New Orleans could be tied to this? Because it was from 1910s and the axe man was like, 30s, 40s. He just really got made jazz at that time. Right. But he also left very, like, profoundish, quote unquote, quotes. So, one of the, the other kind of things that from the police, like, kind of why maybe this wasn't investigated a bit more is at that time, murders were kind of seen to be something like you either knew the family or you're a local. But the idea that you could just drop on a train, you could drop on a jump on a train um, and be able to jump off, do this thing, jump back on and continue on. They said, no, nah, couldn't happen. Yeah. 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 Not possible. <laughs> but I mean, that was before the idea of a, of a serial killer. True. Came to be. So there was no concept of like he knew this family so he's gonna kill them right. like, there's motive where with serial killers sometimes there's no motive it's just random this family left their door open like that's easy yeah. access that's all I need there's a criminal minds episode about a serial killer that would jump on trains murder someone like spend the night basically and then jump on another train and keep going yeah maybe that's him mm -hmm. 
maybe. Phenomenons. Phenomenons. That's a... Um... <laughs> I can't read it right now. I can't read. <laughs> yes. um, Very interesting story, though. I have never listened to that episode of last podcast, and I, I think I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I will, too. After you listen to ours, right? Yeah, listen to yes, this one, of course. <laughs> this one. But yeah, I'll, I'll download it and play it in the background or whatever. Oh, all right. <laughs> Bill James, two first names. Weird. Weird. I don't trust him. James Charles, two first names. Weird. <laughs> Shane Dawson, two first names. Two first names. Don't trust it. Damn. There's a pattern. <laughs> we'll figure it out one, one day. day. Oh, I hope so. What time are we at? We are at 104, but I have to cut some stuff out, so. We're, like, right on time. Cool. Very cool. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Evacuous Podcast. Episode 88. Yeah, nailed it. I didn't forget at all. Uh, Tweet at us. Something. Who's your favorite serial killer? (laughs) What's your theory behind the axe murders? Killed anybody? The axe murders, Black Dahlia. What's your theory? Yeah. Uh, Tweet us at Vacuous Pictures, or you can tweet us personally. Mine's at Vacuous Naya. I'm at Vacuous Kathy. I'm at Vacuous Moose. I'm at White underscore Blaze. And don't tweet me. <laughs> and also a huge shout out to Ian for coming on this episode. Yes, thank, thank you for you. joining us. It was a lot of fun. I'm oh. glad we didn't have all the technical difficulties in the world tonight. <laughs> and that it's not almost 1 a.m. Could have been a lot worse. <laughs> we'll right. talk to you next time. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.